relationship of God, you know. You know. And He wants you to know. He's given you His Spirit that you might what? Know how much? All things, yea, even the deep things that be of God. So someone here said it earlier, it may have been Phyllis, it may have been someone else, but God, it was Calvin, God is always available to you. You know, I, I don't know, uh, some people talk about walking in a dry land, and, I, and as I say this, I pray, Lord, you never let me walk in the dry land. I've walked in an open heaven for years. I've heard people talk about peaks and valleys, and I'm just telling you my own experience. The Lord opened the heavens to me, and I've walked in this open heaven for years. And when I come to the Lord, I come on His terms. I don't even, most of, most of the time, at times, you know, I'll get selfish, Waverly, and get on my own. But I come for His terms. I come for His Word. And He's never disappointed me. It's been an open heaven. It's been a, a reality that has been working in my heart. And that reality has been working in my heart. I'm now seeing inside that it's, that it's more than what's written on the pages of the book. It's real. It's real. I've come to a place where I realize I'm dead to sin. Now, as I say that, I, I don't, I'm not telling you I don't commit bad works at times. I'm not telling you that. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm dead to it. It, ha- it does not have authority over my life. He does. See, see that's a change in, in mindset because, because Christianity taught us for years that sin had authority over us. But Jesus died to the death to sin. He died to sin. Why did He die to sin? Amen. That you might have life, that you might live in Him, that you wouldn't live under condemnation. And Apostle Paul understood this. He said, "There's therefore how much condemnation? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. A lot of times we think walking after the flesh is just doing good things and bad things. It could also be, it could also be the law to walk after the flesh. Walk after the flesh instead of walk after Christ. You ever thought of that? You walk after... See, see, see. Uh, we we thought in relationship with God, we we keep the old covenant law. That's what a lot of Christians have thought. They've tried to keep them. But the relationship with God that you've been brought into is what Christ has done. That's the relationship. What He's done. That's if you want to call it your law. That's your law. Is what He's done. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. Amen. So I'm free from the law of sin and death through the death of Jesus Christ. 
Now, if that's not real in me, I should ask the Lord why this is not real in me. Because the Lord will answer you. Does anybody ever have the Lord answer something they're praying about? Anybody in here ever have the Lord answer them? The Lord will answer you. And He wants to make Christ real in you. If He didn't want to make Christ real in you, His Word wouldn't declare it. So, so you can have confidence that God wants to do that. So you can have confidence in the Lord. How much confidence do you, do you want to have with God? You have confidence that what Jesus did can be real in your life. We've been dealing for weeks, months in Revelation chapter 1 and the appearing of the Son of Man in the seven golden candlesticks. He appeared, John turned to see Him and He appeared in the candlesticks. And in His appearing, John said, His face shined as the sun. And we talked a little bit about this last week. Sunlight is what we naturally see by. As a natural man, I need light to see in the natural, in the earth. And my eyes that are in my head are how I see naturally. So, so we that come and see His face, His countenance as the sun, begin to see by another light. And that's what the prophet Isaiah was prophesying of when he said, No longer will the sun be your light by day, and the brightness of the moon will not shine on you, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. So, so He's a whole different light than sunlight. Amen. And your God, your splendor. So you come to a light that's not man-made. And the Apostle John wrote, we walk in the light as He is in the light. And the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin as we walk in the light. Amen. So we walk in His light. His understanding. That's what we come to walk in. And... Flip to Matthew 17. I, I, I wrote this last week. When else did His face shine as the sun? You know, the book of Revelation, when John sees the Son of Man in the candlestick, that's not the first time John saw His face shining as the sun. Matthew 17, 1. And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and Johnny's brother and bringeth them up to a high mountain apart. And he was transfigured before them, 
and his face did shine as the sun, and his garments became white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter answered and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, I will make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was yet speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus come and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. And lifting up their eyes, they saw no one save Jesus only. And as they were coming from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen from the dead. Now, also gave the Scriptures in Mark with this same occurrence. In Mark 9... It says, start verse 2. It says, And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John and bringeth them up to a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his garments became glistering, exceeding white, so as no fuller on earth could whiten them. And there appeared unto them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he knew not what to answer, for they became sore afraid. And there came a cloud overshadowing them, and there came a voice out of the cloud, This is my beloved Son, hear ye him. And suddenly, looking round about, they saw no one any more. Save Jesus only with themselves. And as they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them that they should tell no man what things they had seen, save when the Son of Man should have risen again from the dead. Why, why, why were they told not to tell anyone? Does anybody know? Because this wasn't real till he rose from the dead. So he said, don't tell anybody till the Son of Man be risen from the dead. What they saw, I love this, they saw no one say Jesus only with themselves. What does that mean? When I look into the light of Jesus and really see His light, the old man's gone. We read the old man's dead, don't we? And crucified. We've read Romans 6 for years. You are dead. Your life, you know, Colossians, you're dead. Your life is hid with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we shall appear with Him. What they do? They saw no man save Jesus only. And then Mark says they saw Jesus only with themselves. Yes. When He shall appear, 
they shall be like him. And he says, to tell no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. Because this comes into reality through his resurrection. He raised out from the dead. And to understand the dead, it's more than dead bodies. It's the dead. The dead are in Adam. In Adam all die. That's the dead. So the dead is every man and woman that's in Adam. Jesus raised out from the dead. Now, the power of His resurrection is that He not only raised from the dead, but you are quickened with Him. Paul says, by grace you are saved. You are quickened together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Quickened. What's quickened mean? Made alive. So you're made alive from the dead. It's a whole different life. See, this is where some of the teachings in Christianity fall so short because it just teaches you, well, you do good and you do right. No, you're made alive from the dead. It's a bigger picture than what we call doing good and doing bad. It's coming to His life. And that's what they saw on that Mount of Transfiguration. They saw no man anymore. They saw that He had swallowed up death in victory. He was transfigured among them. And His face shined as the sun. So His face as they looked upon Him, gave light, gave understanding to them. And that's what it does. It gives gives understanding to us. Now how do I see His face? His name is called what? The writer of Revelation says His name is called the Word of God. His identity. How many know your face is your identity? No one, you know, knows for sure. I can see Jackie in the store. And I can say, I think that's Jackie. But to Jackie, until I see her face, I'm not sure. Right? Have you ever done that? Walked up? You think that's so-and-so, and sometimes it's not so-and-so. They turn around and you go, well, that's not them. Your face is your identity. His name is called the Word of God. So when we see the Word of God by the light, we're seeing His face. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing His face. What can transform us is His Word. Now His Word is... Not just this written on the page. This is God's Word. 
But, it's, but there's a living Word. When John says in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, he wasn't talking about the ink on the page. He was talking about the living Word, the living Christ that is now in your heart. And God reveals the living Christ that's in your heart by His Spirit. (coughs) And the revelation that He reveals lines up with what's written in the book. See, it's not a separate thing. The book declares Him. The book testifies of Him. The book is, is really how we come to know certain things. You know, I dealt with uh, 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 maybe a couple weeks ago the three knowings in Romans. And one of the knowings was like, you know. You know by information. Here's the information you know by. Okay? Then the next knowing was knowing by experience. You experience Him that the information is speaking of. And then you perceive. The last knowing was a perception. So your perception changed. Your mind is changed. Knowing the old man is dead. You, you come to a reality of Him that He really crucified the old man and you're really living in the new man. And that's what they, you know, I believe that's what they saw on the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw no man anymore save Jesus only with themselves. That's it. The body of Christ. They, they found themselves in Christ. And that's what the Apostle Paul was after in his his whole ministry that I might be found in Him. So he, so he said, I press toward the mark. Well, if I press, if I'm pressing toward something, I'm not a couch potato, am I? No. No, he said, I press toward the mark. But he knew the mark. So he had the information of what the mark was. So he understood the goal. And because he understood the goal, he was pressing toward it. See, if I don't under, if my goal is some, someday to die and go to heaven, I don't have much to press toward. Live right. Someday, I'll die. And I'll go to heaven. Well, there's a whole lot of Bible for that little doctor. Right? There's a lot of words in this book. But Paul was pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God that was in Christ Jesus. And he prayed in in Ephesians 1 that the eyes of your understanding, your deep thought of your mind, be enlightened in the knowledge of Him. Now, I made a comment last week that heart wasn't really the right, transla- right word for that. 
it's all according to the translation. I looked at the Greek word from the King James, and it says deep thought intellect. Those King James is written from a particular manuscript. Then I looked at the word from the New American Standard, and it said heart. It's according to the manuscript you're reading. But anyway, the, the seat of you is inside of you, your heart. The center of you. The eyes of your understanding. The eyes of your understanding are not these eyes. They are in a natural sense because I don't understand this microphone. I don't just walk up and understand what this is. I see it, right? I don't know much about it. I don't know much about the electronics in it, but I can see it. I can turn it on. I can speak through it. Now, if I was blind, I'd have to learn through perception of feel. Right? And what it does. But see, the eyes of your heart are not the eyes here. And He prays that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in the knowledge of Him. Again, that's a long ways from someday I want to die and go to heaven. Right? Now, I'm not saying I don't believe in heaven. I do. So I'm not saying that either. But, but he's, he's saying that the eyes of your heart should be enlightened. What's, how, how are they enlightened? By Him, by the light. So if I don't have the light in me, I can't see. But you have the light. If Christ is in you, you have the light to see by. You just have to turn to see by Him. That's all you have to do is turn. When John turned, he saw. So you have to turn to see by Him. And when you see by Him, you'll see the reality of the new man. You'll see the reality of His death. And He'll bring you to the reality of His life. And that's why He said not to tell anyone until He was raised from the dead, because you couldn't understand this in your natural condition. Naturally, I can't understand spiritually, spiritual things as a natural man. I have to be quickened, made alive from the dead. That's made alive in God. Yeah, it's a whole different being made alive when you're born again. You're not born again from daddy and mommy. You're quickened by God. Right? I'm quickened by God. Made alive by God. So my start then is in God. It's a whole new start. Whole new start. Whole new man. Whole new creation. Created of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not just quickened with Him. I'm raised with Him. 
seated with Him in heavenly places in Christ. So that what He is can be made known to me. And that's and that's the the you, you know that's the issue we have is is him being made known. Is he made known to us? Is he made known to you? Are you seeing the new man? Are you finding your life in Christ? Have you come there to heed your life? Second Corinthians four, one through six. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have obtained mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the Word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And if our gospel be veiled or hid, it is veiled in them that perish, in whom? The God of this world have blinded what? Yes. The mind Amen. of the unbelieving that the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should dawn upon them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Seeing it is God that said, let shine, let Light shall shine out of darkness who shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If it's hid, he says. It's hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world has blinded their mind. You ever read the parable where Jesus uh, said, uh, If thine eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. So if your understanding be single. You ever read a double-minded man is what? Unstable in all his ways. He doesn't know what he is. He's unstable. But if your eye is single, the eye of your heart is single. If it's one man, if it's the new man, it's going to be full of light. It's going to be full of light. It can't be anything else. His light's going to shine. If I come to an understanding of the new man, he has to shine in my heart. And when he shines, he gives the light of the knowledge of the glory of God through his appearance, through his face. He shows you the glory of God. He shows you what was hid and veiled away in that Old Testament temple. The glory of God was in the Old Testament temple. Christ reveals it. And He reveals it not behind the veil. He reveals it in you. 
So, so what does that mean? Uh, he reveals it. He reveals in you what God is. That's correct. So He begins to show you what God is. God is love. You read that? God is love. I can go try to imitate God's love. But I'll find I fall I'll fall pretty fast until I see God as love. So so it's a it's a whole different man. It's not us trying to to just be like Jesus and being transformed into what he is. And we're transformed into what He is by His appearing through His revelations. So His revelation is how we see Him. And His revelation is in you. And we see His revelation through the Spirit of God. And when we begin to see that, it it becomes real. Yes. Then we can declare it. See, Paul, Apostle Paul just didn't preach a doctrine of Christ. He preached Him that He saw. When it pleased God to separate me from my mother's womb, to call me by His grace, to reveal His Son in me, He said, I went not to the other apostles, that I might preach Him. So His preaching was after the revelation that God had revealed in Him. And then His heart was that all might see. I told you, I said this last week. We say, well, I'm going to make it in whether you do or not. Paul said that all might see. So he didn't have a heart. I'm going to make it in whether you do or not. Jesus didn't have a heart. I'm going to make it in whether you do or not. He come that all might be saved. whole different mindset. See, man's mind, again, the mind of the natural man wants to judge you by the flesh. Just the way he is. Because he'll say, well, what I do ain't that bad, but what you do is real bad. You see, God's judgment is, is just. It's not according to the flesh. So he judges you in his son. He qualifies you in his son. So your qualification is not your works. It's what Christ did. You enter into his work. You enter into what He did. What He did, and that's what we're learning, is what He did. That He destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the devil. That's what He did. Have I entered into that? Have I pressed into that? Do I understand that? Do I live in the reality of that? See, that, that's what has to come in our heart, is the reality of those words. I read the words. Right? They're in the book. 
But is that real in me? And the only way it can get real in me is through Him being revealed. See, because what will happen, if we're not careful, we'll read these things and we'll say, well, I'm going to make them real. We can't. He has to be revealed. And that's what Paul writes, to be built up in Him. That's why we, we preach Christ and not ourselves. Because preaching ourselves ain't going to accomplish anything. It'll just leave you lifeless. Because in myself, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. So, so what I teach is Him. Because, because I, I know what I was in myself. I do. I've seen me in myself. And it ain't a pretty sight. But He is a beautiful sight. He is glorious. And see, now His glory is to be shared with you. And that's, and that's the good news of the Gospel is that as we, read, we, we like to quote the Scripture, as He is, so are we. Well, the only way we are as He is in reality, I mean, I mean He's done the work. We're in Christ. But in reality, do I walk in that understanding? Do I even think on it? After, after today... When you go home, will you think on being in Christ? Yes. And will that be a will that be a fault in your heart of being in Christ? I pray that it is. Pray that it's not only a thought in your heart, I pray it becomes a prayer in your heart. Father, that the reality of being in Christ might be real. In me. Amen. So, if the gospel's hid, I'm blind to this. See, see, if he's hid from me, I'm blind to the reality of the new man. What am I blind to? I'm blind to the reality of the new man. I'm blind to the reality of my salvation. I'm blind to it. So I can't declare the new man because I'm... It's hid from me. And unfortunately, in a lot of Christians, it, it, it's like they're blind to the new man. It, people that have been born again because their heart, you know, Paul says, when the heart shall turn to the Lord, then the veil that was done away in Christ is taken out of their heart. But till the heart turns to the Lord, that veil remains upon their heart. So they only look at it, and that's what Paul told them in one place. He said, you're carnal, you walk as men. You're just looking at the Word of God like a natural man. <coughs> you're walking as men. What does that mean, you're walking as men? You're in the understanding of the natural man. So in the understanding you're walking in the earth is the natural man. And that's not God's mind. 
God's mind is that you know the new man because the new man's your wife. So, so if I move into the mind of God, I begin to understand to a measure the new man. It may be a small measure, but it's still true. So then the gospel's not hid, the good news. The good news is He didn't leave you in Adam. The good news is He didn't leave you in the man of sin. The good news is He brought you into Himself. At that day you will understand, I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. In, a, in Ephesians 1, where, where I quoted earlier, I didn't read it, and I'm looking at the time, I've already been longer than... He said, Have an eyes of your heart enlightened that you might know what the hope is His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Do you know what that is, the hope of His calling? Do you know the glory, the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? Do you know that? See, and flip... I won't, I won't read all this, but in, in 1 Corinthians 2, it's on the paper. It says, I haven't seen, ear, haven't heard, never entered into the heart the things which God had prepared for them that love Him. That God had prepared for them that love Him. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, now keep this in mind that God prepared something for those that love Him. And flip back to John 14. And we'll probably end here in John 14. <clears throat> he says, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now keep in mind what we just read in Corinthians. I haven't seen, ear, haven't heard, never entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for him. Okay? But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Jesus says, I go to do what? To prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I, I will come again. And I will receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there, you may be also. Okay. Now, come down to, I don't know, verse 16. I'm going to read from 16 down for a little bit. He says, and this is the, this, if you read this whole chapter, this is coming at, from the beginning of the chapter and probably actually from chapter 13. So the, so the conversation is probably coming out of chapter 13 and 14. But he says, And I will pray the Father and He will give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive for it, receive for it, beholdeth Him not, or seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, you know Him. Yeah. You know the Spirit of truth. what He said. Yeah. For He abideth with you and shall be in you. Now, now, now look at this up here. I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am there you may be also. Look at verse 10 and 11. 
He says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father? What did He say? I will receive you unto Myself that where I am, there you may be also. Where did He say He was? Believest thou, believe Me, believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in Me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not for Myself, but the Father abiding in Me doeth His works. Believe Me that I am in the Father and the Father in Me, or else believe Me for the very works' sake. And he prays that God would give them the spirit of truth that abideth with them and shall be in them. And then he verse next verse. I will not leave you comfortless or desolate. I will come unto you. I come unto you. He said he's going to pray that the spirit of truth come. And he said, I'm coming. Yet a little while and the world beholdeth me no more, but you behold me. Because I live, you shall live also. In that day, you shall know that I am in my Father. You in me, and I in you. He went to prepare a place for you. He said, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there, you might be also. Where would he say he was? I'm in my Father. Where was he going? He's going to the cross. I go to prepare a place for you. Where he went was to the cross. See, people talk that Jesus was saying, well, he's going up to heaven. One day he's going to come. He's going to take you to heaven. He's going to build you. He's up there building you a mansion. And one day you're going to live in a mansion. And then we wrote songs, build my house next door to Jesus. But you don't talk about that. He, he said, in my Father's house are many abodes, many dwelling places. And he said, I'm going to bring you into my dwelling place, the place where I live. That's what he's talking about. I'm going to bring you out of the place you live in Adam into the place I live in God. That's what he was saying. So he was bringing us from the mentality, from the man of sin into, he said, he said, the world's going to see me no more, but you will. You're going to live because I live. And that day you're going to know how you, I'm in my Father, you and me, and I in you. He that have my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. And now Judas, like a lot of believers, you know, this isn't a bad thing Judas said, because it's good to ask God. Judas says to it, Lord, what is, what is to come to pass that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? How is this going to happen, in other words? You're going to show yourself to us but you're not going to show yourself to the world. And Jesus answered and said, If a man love me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode where at? With him. Now what did you start off with? In my Father's house are many abodes. And he says that if a man love me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him 
and make her abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's that sent me. These things have I spoken unto you while yet abiding with you. So, he's dealing with going away and coming again, and where he was going away at was the cross. And he went into death. And he actually took you into his death. He, he, he told him, he said, I have a baptism to be baptized with, and you will be baptized with it too. You're going to come into my death. Why are you coming to his death? To come into his life. That you might live. And, what, and the way you live here is by him. He becomes your life. So I don't have life separate than Christ. He is my life. And God wants you to express that life out of your mortal bodies. Why didn't you just take you all to heaven and just have a merry good old time then? Because Jesus come and died and rose from the dead. Because He wants an expression in the earth. Thy will be thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he wants you to express him. I can't express him if I don't know him. And that's that's where that's where the shortcomings and I'm wrapping up. I've been forty five minutes on the recording and I talked to you a few minutes before, so I'm wrapping up. That's where the shortcomings in religion's at. Because it's not about expressing him. It's about expressing yourself. You you just give your you just do a bunch of good things, express yourself as good men. But see that'll inside, I'm telling you, inside you'll still walk around going, Am I right with God? I know I lived in that. So I know. Well, I got rid of uh I'll turn it off. I'm done for now, but I'll share with you a minute. I got rid of TV sets.